Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Laredo, your host today with a very special episode. I think you're going to like this because my childhood hero, a guy who I've looked up to for years and years and years and years, who I've read about in magazines and books and watched all his movies and just followed his whole career and really been uh, admiring from afar, I finally get the chance to meet my childhood hero. He happened to be local here in Holly Springs and has popped into the studio today to give some insight on today's topic, which is the topic of visibility. And I'm going to explain what this means. Visibility, visibility. It's kind of a hard word to say, actually. Visibility. Uh, Anyways, back to my surprise guest who's come in, the one, the only Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold, it is great to have you in the studio here. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk to you tomorrow's leader gang. Uh, well, thanks, Arnold. I appreciate it. Um, I know everybody's as thrilled as I am to have you here. Um, I know you only got a minute, so I'm only going to ask you a couple of quick questions here. But, you know, today's topic is the topic of um, visibility and what it actually does to performance. And what I mean by that is like when you when you take something, anything, and make it uh, more visible, not just by yourself, but by other people, how it enhances your performance, your work effort, your motivation, whatever it is. And uh, I think you were, you know, kind of the champion of that. I mean, you certainly were big on doing everything. You used to work out in public and do all kinds of stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on something like that? Well, I, I got to tell you, I think that's one of the most important things that contributed to my my success overall and uh, helped me, to, um, you know, become the seven-time Mr. Olympia. Uh, you know, I, I used to work out on Muscle Beach with, this, you know, a bunch of the bodybuilders that we'd work out together. Uh, you know, and there's little competition and, uh, you know, we'd have everybody watching us, you know, as we're, we're lifting um, you know, one of the, the areas that I always wanted to, you know, build up was my calves because, you know, I do these big biceps, these big chest and, you know, every other muscle group became very easy to me. And, you know, my calves just didn't, didn't respond the same way. You know, one point people, you know, my bodybuilder friends would kind of make fun of me and they'd be joking around about my, you know, skinny calves. So, you know, I used to cut off my sweatpants so you you would see the calves, you know, all the time. I couldn't cover them up and, you know, it was painful because, you know, guys would rib me and, you know, kind of make fun of me. But, you know, the, the, the calves being on display, you know, they kind of pushed me, you know, to make me work harder and push. Uh, and ultimately, it became one of my best body parts, you know, and today... You know, people look at old pictures of me. Uh, you know, it's my biceps, of course. 
uh, in my chest, but my calves were one of my best body parts. And I, I attributed to the fact that, uh, you know, I, I did that. I put it on display. So I think unless you're going to be a girly man, you do, you do stuff like that. You, you know, put it on display. I think that's important. Well, thanks, Arnold. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I think that's important uh, for sure. Uh, I know you got to run, so I, I appreciate you jumping in the studio for you know two minutes here and sharing that uh, because it does have a lot to do with today's topic. So, uh, Arnie, thank you very much. Well, thank you. I'll be back. All right. Okay. So anyways, uh, today's topic, yes, it is about visibility. So uh, what I mean by this, just like Arnie explained there, is that this amazing thing happens when you put yourself on display. And here's what I'm talking about. Lots of different examples, not just the one that Arnie just gave. Um, but just think about your own life. And anytime you're in a situation where other people are watching you, and other people are aware of what you're doing, we tend to just perform better. I mean, it's a fact. As much as we say we are at our A game and working 100% effort when we are by ourselves and nobody else is watching, well, <coughs> that's not always the case. Um, what I find is that as a leader, the best organizations I've run, it's been a very visible type of organization. What I mean by that is performance is measured, it's seen, it's in the open, Results are in the open. It's a very transparent environment. And I think about that with some organizations that are totally different, uh, especially sales organizations where they actually don't publicize or make it available within that organization how people are doing and how they're performing. They don't publish sales numbers. I don't understand sales organizations that do that. And I've talked to leaders that, that you know, they, they say, no, I don't put out the numbers. I don't share that. You know, that's that's private information. I got to tell you, you're missing the boat. And, and the feedback is, well, you know, a lot of people don't like that. They don't want their numbers shared. Yeah, well, guess what? Guess which, which people, I can guess which ones don't want that type of numbers of stuff shown, right? It's probably not your best people. It's probably not the most productive people. It's not probably not the people at the top. It's the people at the bottom, right? They don't want that shown. Of course, they don't want that shown. That's more embarrassing than anything else. But now, I'm not saying this is a means of, hey, this is a public shame type of thing. But when you publicize things, it drives everybody's activity, their behaviors change. And I'll give you a great example. Uh, I went to a, um, a spin class with, uh, I, I do all kinds of different workouts. My training partner, Jeff, and I, once a week, we take the spin class. And if you haven't taken spin, which is cycling, indoor cycling, it's fantastic. What a great workout. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, we do it on Thursday mornings, super early in the morning. Uh, with, with COVID, it's not this maybe three, four, five of us in this whole big room spread out. So there's not a lot of people in there. And, um, you know, the first time we went in there, it was good. It was a good workout, without a doubt. We got done. We were tired. It's like an hour workout. Um, but the one thing that happened the second time, which was did not happen the first time, the second time I walked in, I got on my bike, uh, we started the class, and I didn't realize this until maybe a couple minutes into the class. But on next to the instructor, as you look to the front of the class, on the left and on the right, next to the instructor were these big screens. And on these screens was, was everybody's name in the class and then their performance numbers. 
And what I mean by that is if you haven't done cycling before uh, or spin class before, they measure a few different things. One is cadence or RPM. So how fast are you pedaling the bike? Okay, that's one measure. And then the other is energy or output, which is the watts. They measure it uh, by watts. So you can see these two numbers and you're looking at, I think they track something else, but those are the two things that I'm looking at. And I see this wall, these two screens and everybody's numbers are up there real time. So as the class is going, you're seeing how Bob and Mary and Nancy and Jeff and John are all performing. You can see how much effort because I will tell you, in a spin class, you can kind of just dial it back and do your own pace because there's a little gauge there, a little, little knob that you turn to make it easier or harder or whatever. Yeah, you can kind of go into a spin class and go through the motions. And I got to be honest, the first class, it was tough. But when I went into the second class, now I was my mindset going into this class was, hey, you know what? I'm going to go into this class and just, I wasn't feeling it. I was tired. I was like, you know, just I'm on this diet, I'm hungry, I'm cranky, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm gonna suffer through the 50-minute class, uh, and I just wasn't committed to putting my all into it. But then I saw these numbers on the board, and I could see Jeff's numbers, and I could see Mary's and Bob's and John's numbers, and all of a sudden, I didn't even want to, but my whole attitude changed. And now I'm like, okay, I am not going to be the guy with the lowest numbers. I'm not going to be the one holding this class, being the anchor in this group. And I'm looking over at Jeff. I'm looking at his numbers. And I got to say, I just, he's got, he's a, he's a great biker. He's much better than me. I, I know it. We go out, you know, doing mountain uh, biking and, and all kinds of stuff. And he's just, you know, he's a good biker. He's a good cyclist. And I ju he just, you know, so I'm looking at his numbers and I'm like, wow, as fast as I'm going, he's going faster. As hard as I'm pushing, he's pushing harder. Uh, and it just, it totally transformed my workout. Seeing these numbers right in front of me where they were on public display and I literally, I couldn't get done with the workout and be like, it's not like I could fake it. It's not like I could be like, hey, I had a really tough workout. Well, if I didn't, and I just kind of went through the motions, it's clear to everybody in the class, including Jeff, my training partner. There's no way you can escape it. So I had to push myself. And you know what? We got done with the class. It was one of the best workouts. It was one of the toughest workouts, but it was one of the best workouts I have ever had. So my point in the realization with this is as a leader, you have the opportunity to control the environment. So this, this cycle uh, class teacher was the leader in this situation. He decided that, or maybe the club decided as a way to drive up the whole uh, productivity or performance of the class, they'd put everybody's numbers on display and breed a little competitiveness. And wow, did it work like crazy. If we were a sales organization, that sales unit in that room would have done tremendously well, significantly better just because everything was on display. You couldn't hide. You couldn't. You couldn't go through the motions. You just couldn't hide. Now, I'm not saying that leaders need to micromanage. I'm not a micromanager. There are times where you have to, though. But for the most part, you can lead a great organization and not micromanage. All it is is just making things visible. And there's a few things that happen. One is we tend to do really well with the things we focus on. If we're looking at something, we're going to focus. If I'm looking at RPMs and I'm looking at that measurement, I'm going to, I'm going to do better with RPMs. I'm going to, my cadence is going to be faster just because I'm looking at the number. What I'm focusing on, I'm doing better. 
Okay, if I'm flying a plane and I'm looking at the altimeter, well, I'm probably gonna do pretty good trying to keep the plane at a certain altitude. Now my airspeed may be off if I'm not watching that, but if I'm looking straight at the altimeter the whole time, my, air, my altitude is probably gonna be where I'm trying to get it to. Okay, here's the second thing that happens. When we, what we measure, we tend to do really well on. Not just what we focus on, but when we measure something, Okay, Arnie measuring his calves. Hey, you know what? If he's measuring it every single day or every single week, he's probably going to do better and just be focused on growing those calves. It's the reason we step on a scale if we're in a diet. If I'm not looking at the scale at all, well, it's hard for me to really measure. If I'm not tracking calories, I'm not measuring it, it's hard for me to have the best possible outcome. Okay, in this, we're measuring things and I'm quantifying how I'm doing in the cycle class, something I'd never done before. I never quantified how I do in a cycle class. Now I'm looking at a screen that's quantifying it. It's telling me what success looks like. So here's the other thing as a leader. Do all of your people know what success looks like? And what I'm talking about is what does a successful day look like? For this individual, this leader that you have on your team, what does success look like in this role? Do they know it clearly? Do you measure it? Do they know what a successful week looks like? Maybe they know what a successful year looks like, but do they know what a successful week looks like? Do they know when at the end of the week they should high five or should they scratch their head and say, what happened? And let me look back on this and how do I change this outcome for the next week? I cannot tell you how important this is. There are so many people in the world that have jobs and they can't define what a successful week looks like or a successful day looks like. It just, it boggles my mind and it is unbelievably frustrating because if you can do that and you can define that and quantify it for somebody, the results will go up dramatically. If you just fix that one thing, that's it, okay? It's not just visibility, but it's clarity, okay? Once you have the clarity, then it's easy to make it visible. If I know that my RPMs and the and the, cycle, the teacher is saying, hey, for this phase, you need to be above 100 RPMs right now. Hey, I know. If I'm at 90, I'm unsuccessful. I'm not meeting the expectations. If I'm at 101, I'm successful. Quantified it, okay? Made it visible. It was clear. It was easy, quantifiable. What we measure, we tend to do really well with. And then the last thing is when you do make it visible, and it's not just you, you're competing against yourself, but you also throw in other people in there, you get people that are competitive like me, which I am, I always have been, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. You get people performing that much better. There was no way I was going to be, now granted, you got some people that can't stand to be number two. I went into that cycle class. I knew I'm not the best cycler in there, but I sure as hell didn't want to be the worst one. Okay. Now, if I was doing something different that I'm better at, maybe my goal would be to finish number one. But I know because there were other people in that cycle class with me and it wasn't just me, and I could see what everybody else was doing, I guarantee I performed better. I know my workout was better. Okay, think about yourself if you're a runner. When you run with other people and you're actually running hard, do you run faster or slower? Assuming it's a good competitive person that's ideally better than you, you're gonna run faster, absolutely. Of course, it becomes more of a race, right? Okay, that's the whole concept. So if you really wanna enhance your performance and other people's performance, make it visible, measure it, make it really clear in terms of what winning looks like, and then make sure other people can see each other. Make sure they can measure themselves against each other. You breed the right type of competitiveness in the right way, 
Okay, we all want to win. We all want to come out of that cycle class having a great workout, and you can do that. It's not the greatest thing is it's not like if I have a work a great workout, somebody else doesn't. No, that's that's the wrong type of competition. The right type of competition is you push each other, and everybody comes out better than they would have otherwise. The result of that mix and that dynamic of having other people visible in the race, so to speak, of what you're competing for or whatever whatever business you're doing is that everybody wins. It's not one person wins at the expense of somebody else. Everybody wins because they do better because there's a group involved and there's a little bit of that friendly competition. So uh, those are my few thoughts on uh, the importance of visibility and clarity, visibility and clarity. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. Arnold, thanks again for joining. I appreciate that was an incredible visit. No problem. Anytime you want me to come, I'd be happy to come and share some ideas and how to make your biceps bigger. Uh, great. Awesome. Much appreciated, my friend. Uh, anyways, have a great one. Hope you enjoyed today. Uh, stay tuned for more good stuff and more maybe surprise guests. Who knows? I got a lot of accents. I got a lot of impersonations I can do. So uh, enjoy. Make sure you share. Give me comments. Uh, go down below. Five-star rating, please. Review, 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 and subscribe. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.